Good to see you guys. Good to be back. I'm glad this worked out. I'm up for a conference actually tomorrow and Saturday in Manteca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not much there, is there? Wasn't there like a tube of death water slide there, like a concrete one? <laughs> Hello, tetanus. And uh, I would encourage you, if you have time to go this weekend, it's going to be me and this guy, Ian Clayton. Anyone heard of this guy, Ian Clayton? He's a crazy guy. He's from New Zealand. He talks a lot about like teleportation, stuff like that. You know, that's part of our inheritance, teleportation. I'm not joking. <laughs> so it's 30 bucks for the whole weekend, and you can get tickets right at the door, too. And it's empowerrelease.com, I think. You can check it out. But I want to show a really brief uh, video for something that we're doing at UCSD. It'll be our third year this coming fall. We started a missions base two years ago. It's a 10-month missions base that focuses on identity, the supernatural, living in spiritual family, fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers, and planning faith communities. And we've been seeing some crazy breakthrough in the people that have been going through it. And so I just want to show this brief, brief promo vid. And then if you're interested, there's stuff on the back table. You can check it out and uh, see if that might be something God might call you to do. Cool? Are you guys ready yes. for the video of glory? All right. Are <laughs> <Okay>, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> By living naturally supernatural, God has revealed my identity as one with Jesus. I carry Jesus' authority and love simply because He loves me. And from the overflow, others encounter His love. I'm a son, heir, and prince, which means I have a right to all that exists in heaven. I'm coming to understand that I have a place at the family dinner table. It has my name on it, and I can sincerely be myself. God has been revealing to me that a culture is not something that shapes you, but it is one that is within you, and you release it into the atmosphere, and you become the one that shapes and shifts the culture. The biggest thing I learned at BASE this year uh, was how to trust spiritual mothers and fathers with my life. It's super freeing to know I don't have to do it alone. I can see now how it is impossible to live from a place of low self-esteem, when it's in complete conflict with my identity, and that my dad is the king of kings, and he always has my back. It revolutionizes the way that I relate to myself. Come to base, like for real. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you're interested in that, check it out. There's some flyers back there, sign up sheet, and uh, it'll change your life forever. Uh, real quick, too, I have a couple products if you like listening to stuff, maybe while you're working out or eating. <laughs> I don't know. Either or. Uh, this is a teaching, it's called Advancing Without Settling. Anyone ever heard of a man named Tara? Yeah, I didn't think he did. He's Abraham's dad. It's only about two lines written in him, about him in Genesis, and that's what happens when you settle. Not much is written about your life. So, it is encouraging, though. It's <laughs> 
so that'll help you not settle. And then this one's called, uh, I just got this in yesterday, it's called Rocking the Valley. This is, if you're gonna get one, if you wanna pick one, get this one, okay? The, when they recorded this, it was one of those nights where I wanted to take notes myself. I was like, that is really good. <laughs> there was just a spirit of wisdom and revelation the Holy Spirit brought that night, and it was really powerful. And this is actually a message. Sometimes God gives me something that he has me keep speaking wherever I go for a season. And that's one of these. It's actually what I'm going to share tonight. But uh, still get it because it was really good. There you go. All right. You guys good tonight? My family says hello. This summer I'll be married for 14 years. To one of my wives. No, I'm just kidding. I did spend eight years in Utah, but I only have one wife. And I have uh, two children, amazing kids. My daughter, Eowyn, just turned seven on Monday. She's really cool. I have uh, a children's book that's actually uh, being illustrated right now. And it connects to this church, actually. Uh, We were up here in Sacramento for a few years, and it was the first years of my daughter's life. And Jody Vaughn, Missy Vaughn, they're the children's pastors here. At the time, they were the youth pastors when we were here. And Jada, their oldest, I think, right? Um, We were over there at their house one time. We had never hung out with them. Eowyn was 23 months old at the time. And they're playing, and Jada goes into this severe asthmatic attack, or just respiratory attack. They take her in the other room, put her on oxygen. I said, what's going on? I said, oh, she has these severe attacks. She can't play outside for very long, sometimes at all. She can't laugh too hard. We have to put her on oxygen. And I said, well, that's stupid. That's actually wrong. No child should have to go through that. So I looked at my daughter, Eowyn, who's 23 months old, and I said, when she comes out of that room, I want you to lay hands on her and command that thing to die. She goes, okay. So Jada comes out, she just goes over, says, Jesus, heal, and just runs off with her stuffed animal. <laughs> Cecily, my wife, and I, Cecily, put our hands, we're going to put our hands on Jada, about six inches from her body's heat emanating from her entire body. So we knew she was already healed. So we were just like, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. She was 100% healed. Yeah. And so, uh, crazy. So I wrote a book, a children's book, so that when kids read this or their parents read that over them, they'll realize that they can heal the sick too. Little kids. You're never too young. I want to share a couple other testimonies with you guys. Is that all right? I like testimonies. I like feeding myself on what God's doing. I was at a church. I was walking in, and there was this lady. And sometimes there's flaky people where I go. There's usually one flaco who will approach me. I have a word for you. I had one lady, she's like, I have a word for you about your drug abuse. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Because <laughs> I've never done drugs. Wow. She's like, no, you're not hearing the Lord. I said, actually, it's vice versa. You're not hearing the Lord. <laughs> yes. But, uh, she goes, well, that's really rude. And I said, well, Paul actually commands us to judge prophecy. So that's what I'm doing. You're, you're wrong. I appreciate the heart, but the content's wrong. 
So anyways, I'm walking into this church, and this lady's approaching me. She kind of has that vibe going on. <laughs> and she's like, are you the speaker tonight? And I was like, uh, yes, I think. And she says, well, I got saved two weeks ago. And I said, oh, awesome. And she was in her 50s. She says, I, my whole life I've been Jewish. I said, that's cool. Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> and she says, my body's riddled with pain. And she's like, do you think we could pray tonight for that? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So at the end, we go to do that. And I put my hand on her back. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, ask her about her brother. I said, hey, tell me about, tell me about your brother. And then she becomes like Schmeagol and Gollum. Some unforgiveness with the brother going on. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, you're actually not going to be healed until you forgive your brother. It's actually what's allowing you to have pain in your body. Unforgiveness is a VIP access pass to Satan to afflict our body and or torment our mind. And I said, can you forgive him? Does it mean you just you know, move on in a second here? It takes a little while to move from here to here, and that's okay. I said, but you just keep choosing to forgive. She's like, yeah, I can do that. So she forgives her brother. I put my hand on her back. And she immediately goes over like this, falls on the ground laughing. And I was like, "Okay, that's cool. (laughs) And I didn't know what was going on in her body. And so the associate pastor comes running over. And he's like, did she tell you what's going on in her body? And I said, no. He said, she has rods and pins in her back. It's impossible for her to bend over like that. And so I don't know if God melted the metal in her body or made it pliable. Either way, that's a creative miracle. <laughs> and she was totally healed. All her pain was instantly gone. Still goes to this church I saw her a couple of months ago. All the pain, completely gone. And uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know some are like, I don't know if God can do that melt metal. He only wielded the universe into existence by going, speaking. (laughs) It's really difficult for him to do that. (laughs) We, uh, this uh, last week, our students did a flash mob in the center of campus. It was pretty cool. They put it all together, choreographed it, and it was in PC Plaza, which is the center of campus, during lunchtime. It was 75 degrees, a light ocean breeze. It was a perfect day, which is like every day. And, uh, <laughs> and so there's a couple hundred students just chilling out, eating lunch. It just grabs their attention. And all the students start getting on stage and start giving spoken words, testimonies. And then they go into words of knowledge and prophetic words. They start calling things out. <laughs> students are getting rocked. One guy, this uh, spiritual daughter of mine, Liz, is like, ba 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 to this one guy giving a prophetic word. And he's like, whatever. He just literally does this. And he's just beelining it. And I'm in the back taking pictures. And she says something that hits a nerve in a good way. And he was like, he stops. And then he cocks his head. And he stayed for two minutes and just did this and listened. Because obviously it was God just like, I know your zip code. (laughs) So it was cool. It was fun. All right, well, let's dive into some stuff, cool? Here's how we move as believers. From grace to grace, 
John 1, 16. You like grace? I like grace. Some people don't like grace. Some people have a lot of problems with grace. I like grace because it's free. Some people are like, well, it's not cheap grace. It was for me. It wasn't cheap for Jesus, but it was free for me. When Jesus, it's called the finished work of Christ. Thanks, man. I don't know if I was going to die at one point. Tripping over that. The finished work of Christ, when Jesus died and he rose again, he handed us a receipt, not an invoice. So what happens in churches where like, come as you are. No matter what you've done, he will forgive you. And then you become forgiven. He goes, well, now it's up to you to stay forgiven. God doesn't forgive in installments. Hello? Author of Hebrews says, once and for all time. He forgave our sins once and for all time. What that means is past, present, future. Every time you sin, during the sin and after the sin, it's already forgiven. Now, does that mean we can just go do whatever we want? No, grace is actually a divine enablement to live over the power of sin. I was at a church and this guy comes up and he says, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, man, what's up? I'm just struggling with my old nature. I said to this guy, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And he looks at me like, what do you mean? I said, there's only one of two ways this is happening, man. You're either necromancing, which means talking to the dead, which is forbidden in scripture, or you're using your authority to raise the wrong person from the dead. Because he's dead. Romans 6 is pretty clear. The old nature died. We went in looking like Adam. We came out looking like Jesus. We were baptized into the death of Jesus. Going in like Adam, coming out like Jesus. So I love grace. Adam is not our origin. Jesus is. It's not about original sin. It's about original glory. Yep, yep, yep. Jesus is the beginning. You know the Bible's not the word of God? Jesus is. He predates the Bible. Yep. And a lot live it. You can actually have a theology with backing up with scripture, but it's not found in the word. Hello. Like, I don't know if that's in the scripture. Yeah, it is. John chapter 5. Jesus talks to the Pharisees and he says, hey, you guys are searching the scriptures for eternal life. But I'm standing right in front of you. He says, basically saying, you're grounded in scripture, but you're missing the word. All of scripture is about Jesus. So if we're not reading it through the finished work of Jesus, we're mixing law with grace. And those do not mix, ever. The author of Hebrews chapter eight, he says the law has become obsolete and useless. Maybe that's why he remained anonymous as an author. Those are fighting words. (laughs) 
You know what happens when law and grace mix? Here's what happens. Remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5? Ananias means the grace of God. Sapphira comes from sapphire, the stone, right? The law was received in a mountaintop of sapphire stone. That's what it says in Exodus. The entire mountaintop was covered in sapphire. So you have the grace of God married to the law. And what's it produce? You die. It produces death. Then you have a different Ananias in Acts 9. Just the grace of God goes to Saul, who was blind. Just the grace of God, Ananias lays hands on Saul. He's instantly healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you just have grace, you have eyes to see and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mix law, you're just going to have a lot of death. There's no mixture at all. Okay. I'm just glad God found us in Christ before he lost us in Adam. Yes, yes, I love grace. The Greek word for grace means this, two parties finding likeness in each other without interference of guilt, blame, or inferiority. The Hebrew word for righteousness means this. It's a beam that balances the scales. You remember a beam anywhere else on Jesus' back, the cross beam? Was that just random they put the cross beam on his back? It was a physical representation of what was happening in the spirit. I'm balancing the scales. Because under law, there was no balance. You could never be good enough. There's nothing you could do to get to that place. Grace comes along and says, I'm going to balance the scales. So Jesus becomes a mirror of our completeness. When the Father looks at Jesus, he sees you. And when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. That's why it says in Ephesians 1, the Father sees us as holy and without fault. Because when he's looking at us, he sees Jesus. We sing songs like, there's none like you, Jesus. And he yells back, isn't that a shame? (laughs) Be nice if someone was down there. It's about what God did right, not what Adam did wrong. He balanced the scales. No wonder he cried out, it is finished. Three most powerful words ever spoken into human history. It is finished. There's nothing we can add to the finished work of Christ. Well, we need to keep dying. So once and for all wasn't enough for you? Seemed to be enough for Jesus. (laughs) You don't have to keep dying when you realize you died once and for all with Jesus. You were buried with him in his baptism, that baptism, and you come out a new creation, a brand new race of people, 
a brand new heart, a brand new mind, a brand new way of thinking. It's called the mind of Christ. Yep, yep, yep. Sin can't find any expression in a corpse. So if you're sinning, you have forgotten who you are. Yep. Okay. From strength to strength, Psalm 84, 7. We're going to focus on that one tonight. From faith to faith, Romans 1, 17. This is how we keep moving as believers. The translators got it wrong in the Bible, actually, because they say have faith in God. That's actually not accurate. The Greek is to have the faith of God. Subtle difference, big difference. His faith is the only valid basis of belief. He's a believer too. Love believes all things and the Father is love. He's a believer too. He believes in you. You are the best, you are the best idea God ever had. Why don't you look at your neighbor right now and tell them that you're the best idea God ever had. <laughs> Some are like, well, I don't know about this neighbor, but <laughs> maybe a couple rows of friends. God is not what you believe. You are what he believes. I'm not interested in raising up a generation to act like Jesus. I'm not interested in bracelets that say, what would Jesus do? I'm interested in raising up a generation who believes like Jesus because they will act like him. Otherwise, we have actors who don't believe. See, as Christians, we don't tell lies. We just sing them. (laughs) Where you go, I'll go, God. What you say, I'll say. We're just waving our hands. (laughs) And then God says, hey, I want you to go to the LGBT, LGBT, LGBT community and start loving on homosexuals. That can't be God. Where you go? (laughs) Wherever, God, I'll go. That's what I'll do. (laughs) Jesus defines our faith. He's the substance of faith. He's the author of faith. He is the finisher of faith. He is the very substance of faith. We go from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we grow brighter and brighter, Proverbs 3.18. Brighter and brighter. But it's getting so dark in the world. It's so dark. We don't go over there because it's dark. We're only the light of the world. So I don't go over there because it's dark. Come on. Jesus didn't walk into towns and be like, let's do a perimeter walk. It's just so dark in here. Let's pray first. Big things of anointing, all they're just pumping it and spraying. Just spray the doors first, and then we'll go in. (laughs) 
And if I hear another person say of some natural disaster or a horrific event, it's a sign of the end times. It's a sign of the end times. The spirit of slap begins to rise up in me when I hear this. <laughs> it's just it's the grace of God. I just. Do you know when the law was received, 3,000 people died? When the Holy Spirit was received, 3,000 people got saved. Types and shadows, you see it all over the place in scripture. Every 54 minutes right now worldwide, 3,000 people come to Jesus. Every, about every hour. Just in Indonesia alone, every 27 seconds, someone comes to Jesus. If it continues at that rate in Indonesia, by 2030, it'll be predominantly Christian. This is the most Muslim nation on earth. The Sunni leader, a month and a half ago in Indonesia, these are the guys who are waiting for the Messiah to come. Jesus shows up physically, says, hey, how you doing? I'm the guy you're looking for. And he says, find a believer, a Christian, and they'll tell you about me. So he goes to a Christian, shares the gospel. The Sunni leader of Indonesia got saved a month and a half ago. It's pretty crazy. He has millions of followers. Hello. In 1910, there were 981,000 Pentecostals and Charismatics. In 2011, there are 612 million. One third of the earth is Christian right now. There's the least amount of poverty on the earth ever in recorded history. There's the least amount of war. There's the least amount of crime. Doesn't mean it's rosy everywhere. We have to understand it is actually getting brighter and brighter. I'm so sick of hearing believe it's getting horrible in our country. It's so dark. You might want to study history. When our nation was founded, in almost every state, prostitution was legal to the age of nine years old. Almost one third of the people were slaves. There were very few churches. When everyone started moving west for the gold rush, there were no churches. All those towns were ridden with crime, way higher crime rates than today. The abortion rate was way higher than it is today. Michigan alone had 34% abortion rate. 34%. It's actually a lot better than it used to be. Just have to have a kingdom perspective. Things are getting brighter and brighter. Whose report are you going to believe? We're either going to live in the realm of facts or we're going to live in the truth. Truth is superior to fact. When my body starts to feel sick, it's a fact, but it's not the truth. Because by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Sickness does not belong. In heaven, there's no sickness, so sickness doesn't belong in my body. 
in heaven there's no demons, so you shouldn't have any demons in you either. We're ambassadors who enforce the laws of the kingdom of heaven. So when there's sickness, something should rise up and say, it's a fact, but it's not the truth. So I'm gonna tell the fact the truth. For the past two and a half years, I have not been sick at all. And I've been around lots of sickness. This is what happens. I'll start to feel sickness in my body and I start talking to my body. Jesus said, when there's a mountain, you speak to the mountain. You don't speak to God about the mountain, you speak to the mountain. So this is what I do. Body, I recognize what's going on. I don't deny it, but I just start declaring there's a superior truth here. Jesus is the truth. And he said that by his stripes, I was healed. This is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You do not belong in my body. You need to get out of my body. And I grab scriptures and I start declaring those scriptures about healing over my body, out loud. Now some of you are looking like, this is kind of weird, man. I don't know what mountains are in your life. Sickness coming in mind's a mountain. I don't want it in my life. So I'm gonna speak to the mountain. Our words have power when they're connected to the finished work of Jesus. And he said, it is finished. It's amazing with healing because you'll get people to be like, well, we're just praying. We're not sure if it's the will of God for him to heal you. Would we do that with forgiveness? Oh, you want to get saved? Well, let's ask God, is it your will to forgive this person right now? We're just, we're checking, hold on. Sure. I mean, the blood came from his body. You can't separate the two. Okay. Psalm 84, that's where we're going to focus for a few minutes. This is where we go from strength to strength. The kingdom does not move downhill. It's always upwards. It's always increasing. It's always advancing. It says this in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The Valley of Baca was literally the Valley of Weeping. Doesn't that sound fun? Where are you going? The Valley of Weeping. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Another name for it is Victim Valley. You ever been there, Victim Valley? Won't you come with me to Victim Valley? I'm having a party. (laughs) Self-pity party. There's balloons. They're deflated, but... going to be a lot of fun in here because I need other people with me so when I don't exhibit self-control or take responsibility for myself I need someone to blame so I need other people around me for that purpose only so we go to victim valley and we're just just weeping because we're victims and it's always someone else's fault and we just lie down in Victim Valley, and it's so dark in here. <laughs> the mountain walls are so big. There's nothing I can do. So I'll just lay here and die. 
Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Key word, walk. Supposed to keep walking. (laughs) You lie down in green pastures and you walk through valleys. Some people get it mixed up. (laughs) They're lying down in valleys. And then they have this season of rest, and it's like, oh, my word, just got to get through it. <laughs> got to get to that other valley. Oh, I'm in a valley again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always depressed. It's so weird. <laughs> you get this a lot at conferences. End of the conference, we're like, this has been an amazing conference. God has moved powerfully. <laughs> now we go back to our lives, our schools, our workplaces where it sucks. <laughs> but just hang on. We have another conference in six months. Just hold on. We're going to pray you make it. Pre-registration starts in three months. <laughs> yeah. So there's this idea that the Christian life is this. Yeah. But everything I just read was this. Right. Right. Excellent. I love it when it says this. They set their hearts, really it's their minds, they set their minds on a journey. You change your atmosphere by changing your focus. If you're focused on the valley walls, and how you're a victim, guess what? Guess what will be produced in your life? You know the key to a sound mind? Is you guard what sound you let in. Your mind is a garden and every thought is a seed. And we're all planting seeds every day. And we're going to reap a harvest. may not be what we want to eat. But we're planting seeds. Seeds are reproduced after their own kind. You can count how many apple seeds are in an apple, but you cannot count how many apples are in a seed. So what are you planting? So they set their minds on pilgrimage. And I love this. They make it a place of springs. This is a valley that was super dry and arid. So they walk in. Looks kind of dry in here. We're going to make it wet. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make it wet. And then the rain comes after they make it a place of springs. Oh, God, will you just send your rain down? Just send your rain. Just do something. Just send revival, God. Just send revival. And God's like, yeah, I already did. It's called Jesus. And he's inside of you. So maybe you should release him. (laughs) Ever heard of Charles Finney? He's a crazy dude. 1830, he shows up to Rochester, New York. He was a Presbyterian. He goes to the Presbyterian churches talks to all the pastors, and he says, I believe God's going to move in Rochester. All of them say, well, 
if he sovereignly wants to move and sovereignly decides in his sovereignness <laughs> to do that, then he will. This is what Charles Finney said. Oh, he's going to move because I'm here. So that deeply offended these pastors. So for the next nine months, he spent nine months leading 100,000 people to Jesus in Rochester, New York. All the Presbyterian pastors then began to work for him. They repented and came back because they realized something. They've been waiting and waiting for revival, not realizing he was already inside of them. Cry out in prayer, get more people praying, fast longer, sacrifice more, and then revival will come, said Jesus, never. (laughs) He said this, heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. He didn't say get a lot of prayer meetings going. When Paul went to Ephesus, he didn't do prayer walks around it. For 30 days, he walked into the city and he started preaching. Because he realized they carry revival everywhere they go. Don't wait for revival to happen. Make it happen. They make it a place of springs. And leading up to this was all about worship in this passage. It's all about worship. John chapter four, Jesus says, hey, if you're gonna worship my dad, you have to do it in spirit and in truth, right? That doesn't mean theologically correct songs. There's nothing bad with theologically correct songs, but it has nothing to do with what Jesus is saying. The Greek word for truth there literally means realm. What is Jesus saying? If you're gonna worship my dad, you gotta do it in his realm. Because he's spirit. So if you're going to worship him, it must be in the spirit realm. You were created as a spirit being. You were made as a human being. Yep. (laughs) You were formed in your mother's room, but you were created before that. We are more spirit than we are flesh. John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit, that's Holy Spirit, is spirit. See, in the garden, Adam and Eve's spirit was on the outside. There was no hindrance between relationship between them and God. Zero. And then they sin, then they hide, and they cover themselves. The spirit then goes inside. There are four rivers in the garden, right? You know there are four chambers in the human heart? Hmm. And where does Jesus live today? Yep. See what I'm saying here? It was all manifested on the outside in Eden. Sin enters, boom, it then goes inside. But it was never intended to be that way. But it is what it is. But your spirit still remains the greater part of who you are. 
You okay? Let's stretch outside the box a little more, shall we? In the garden, that was Adam's connection to the earth. Eden was his connection to heaven. It's not the garden of Eden, it's the garden in Eden. Read the creation story, it's the garden in Eden. It says we were made from the dust of the ground, right? Okay. Every soil, no matter where it is, all soil on the face of the earth has decay in it, correct? But there was no death yet. Right. Which means there was no decay yet. Right. So what was the soil? In the creation account, it says the river that first comes out goes to the land of Havila, and it says the land of Havila literally means land of pure gold. So, what's the dirt made of? So, if you are made from the dust of gold, what are you made from? So when gold dust shows up in a meeting, people are like, I don't know if that's God. <laughs> He's actually saying, remember Eden. Remember from once you came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also have a personal opinion. This is just my personal opinion. I'll make that very clear. This part isn't. Lucifer was covered in gemstones. Scripture tells us this. When the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, there was 12 gemstones covering their breastplates as they went in. I wouldn't doubt that we were covered in gemstones before the fall. And so when gemstones appear in meetings, and I've seen these, we had on our campus uh, crystals appear and multiply in front of our eyes for an hour and a half. It's all that God's saying is, remember Eden. It's not this random thing that happens. There's a purpose when God does stuff. It's like, I want you to remember where you came from. I created you as a spirit being, and I made you as a human being. We could never access the eternal realm if we didn't originate from there first. And we have direct access because of Jesus. All right, a couple more things, we'll wrap it up. You okay? Yeah. Are you just offended? Is anyone offended? It's okay. It's all right. Just say, I'm going to be, Jesus, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so worship is critical because it refreshes our thinking. When we rejoice and give thanks, it prevents us from going to Victim Valley. Here's the purpose of the valley. This is what I want us to get to. We'll wrap it up. Okay. Jesus' wilderness experience has been used to teach this. And that is dumb. Matthew 4, 1 says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Luke 4, 14, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Matthew 4, 11, Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. This doesn't mean Jesus was crawling out of the wilderness, ugh, barely making it. 
The angels come with energy drinks and <laughs> Abraham's bosom granola bars. And <laughs> you can do it, Jesus. It's not much further. You can get out. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what's happening. Because he went and filled with the Holy Spirit and he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. The angels came to bring him an upgrade. He was getting a promotion. That's the purpose of a valley. Right. Yes. Is you are called to rock the valley. Yes. You have a mountaintop encounter. When you come into a valley, it's that encounter that allows you to rock that valley. Right. To not say, oh, a valley. Rock the valley. But Jesus started with the works of his words against Satan. He just spoke. Satan be like, blah, 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 blah. Satan's defeated. He has no feet. <laughs> and he's been disarmed. He has no arms. So he's just on the ground crawling around, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Ephesians says he roams around like a lion, but he's not one. There's only one lion. Right. So he's making noise in a bush like a lion. Rah, 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 rah. And you peel it away, and you're like, what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't even have feet. No arms. Just rolling around. Like, roll you away, buddy. But the works of Jesus' words transitioned into the works of his hands. He comes out and he starts healing the sick, driving out demons, and raising the dead. You've got to start with your words. What are you speaking over yourself? I'll never be this. I'll never be able to do that. You're absolutely right. You won't. As long as you keep cursing yourself. We're either blessing or cursing ourselves and others. Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, The word of the king, little k, has power. Your words carry power. The very power to bless and the very power to curse. So what are you speaking? What are you declaring out? I'm going to make this a place of springs. It's dry, it's arid, but it's about to get wet. Bless you. <laughs> or is that just a show? Just the presence of God on my sure. <laughs> Job 22, 28, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. I have some more stuff, but we'll, we'll end it. You got to get the CD. <laughs> okay. Does this make sense for you? Does it connect for you? Why don't you guys stand? Did we have worship people?
Is that, you guys come up? Yeah. Worship people. We're just going to sing lies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a, a beautiful young lady standing next to me during worship. Where are you at? There you are. You have the head thing on. How you doing? What's your name? What was it? Patrice. Very cool. I have a, a word for you. Is that okay? Has anyone done that for you before? Okay, so it's, it's not new to you. All right, good. Well, Patrice Godway likes you. <laughs> there's a calling on your life. There's an anointing on your life for business. You don't think that's true, though. But he does. You have an anointing for business. You're truly an entrepreneur and you have a creative gift. We all are creative because we've been created by a creator. Everyone's creative. But there's something really special on you. There's a favor of creativity on you. There's people that have spoken over your life and they spoke from their own woundedness and orphanness. And I just break off all those words off you in Jesus' name. Every word that was meant for harm. And I just declare the goodness of the Father over you. He thinks you're a precious daughter. You're a powerful daughter that has a voice. And whoever told you you didn't have a voice is wrong. You have a voice. And what you say matters. And your dreams matter. Your dreams matter, Patrice. And so, God, I pray you'd fulfill the dreams of your daughter. I just declare blessing and favor on all you put your hands to. I just see this. Everything you start putting your hands to, there's going to be supernatural favor. And he's saying, do not apologize for the favor he's placing upon your life. You don't have to apologize. So thank you, God, for Patrice. In Jesus' name. Did that encourage you? All right. Who has a pain in your back from an injury? Just lift your hand real quick, high up. If you're near, not quite a few. If you're near someone, has their hand, would you just put a hand on their back? If you're unfamiliar with what's going on right now, um, this is just a word of knowledge. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. God speaks to us stuff. And he likes to heal bodies. So right now, Jesus, we thank you that your stripes were more than enough. So I command pain to get out of your backs right now in Jesus' name. Vertebrae align right now in Jesus' name. Every vertebrae, muscle, tendon, tissue, respond to the kingdom of God right now. There's no pain, pain in the kingdom. So back be made whole in Jesus' name. Back be healed in Jesus' name right now. now. I want you to test it out if you can. I know for some, you don't really know until later on, but try to bend over, twist around, whatever you weren't able to do before. And I want you to wave a hand if something's different, if something feels better. Yeah, what's going on? It's warm. It's warm. 
Your back is warm. It, was there pain before? Very stiff. Is it stiff at all? No more stiffness. All right. Who else? What's going on? Relief. What was going on before? Was there pain? Was there pain's gone? Hundred percent gone. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Yeah. All pain's gone. 100%. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Rotator cuff. Someone have a rotator cuff injury causing issues for you? Keep your hand up again. If you're nearby, same thing. Put a hand on them. Is that you? And real quick, here's a real quick uh, just advice when you pray for someone for healing. We're not asking God to do this. He already did. You're commanding healing to their body. You're speaking to the rotator cuff what, it is go- what it's going to do. So as you pray, pray in that way. So Jesus, we thank you again for all these backs, touching these backs. Rotator cuffs, we just declare right now, all pain get out. Full range of motion restored. Bone, muscle, tendon, all respond to the kingdom. We thank you, Jesus. Be made whole right now. Be made whole right now. In Jesus' name. Now roll that arm around. Do something you couldn't do before. Test it out. Yeah, what's going on? All good? 100%? 100%? Thank you, Jesus. There's someone else. I thought I saw a hand back there. Yes? Yeah. Totally fixed. Was there pain before discomfort? Yeah. Do it again. Good to go. All right. Isn't this fun? so hard to <laughs> Jesus did the work it's the finished work anyone have anemia iron deficiency in your blood yeah I know this is something we're not going to know right away you'll have to get tested out but anyone else anemia or even just a blood issue you have some sort of a blood issue raise your hand high again if you're nearby put a hand on them And if you're wondering, like, how am I getting these things? Just God speaks to us. He can speak to all of us. We can all hear him. 
His sheep will hear his voice. That's a promise and that's the truth. So if you aren't hearing him, tell yourself the truth. I can hear him, I'm his sheep. So thank you, Jesus. I just command anemia, any disorder of the blood, get out of their bloodstreams right now. I speak iron into your body. Let iron begin to flow into their bodies, Jesus. Blood be made whole by the blood of Jesus right now. 100%. In Jesus' name, amen. So get it checked out. Anyone have a thyroid issue? Like a high, over, high, is it hyperactive thyroid or underactive? Is that you? All right, again, keep your hand up. Put your hand on them if you're nearby. Thyroids. Let me tell you a cool thyroid story. I was at a church and I had a word for a thyroid. And just like we're doing right now, we prayed. And this woman just yells out. Ah! So I didn't know what was going on. I don't know if her thyroid exploded. <laughs> and she said, I can feel my thyroid. And I was like, oh, OK. And I was just like, great. She's like, well, it was removed six months ago. <laughs> so she went to the doctor, and it was confirmed she had a brand new thyroid. <laughs> so I share the testimony when I'm at a, a church the next time. It happened to five people in that church. They, were all, they all had them removed, and they went to the doctor. They had brand new thyroids. Does anyone need a thyroid? <laughs> Has it been removed for anyone? Raise a hand. It's been removed. Okay. There's a lot of thyroids in heaven. <laughs> it's hanging out up there. It's a whole warehouse full of them. So Jesus, we just speak right now for Jen, a brand new thyroid. Just as that testimony was shared, the spirit of prophecy, you would do it again. I command a new thyroid into your body. Jesus, drop one in right now, brand new. And those that need healing in their thyroid, we just declare healing to your thyroid, whether it's hyperactive, overactive, underactive. We declare balance to that thyroid. No more issues. No more issues. In Jesus' name. Amen. I know sometimes thyroid don't really know until they get checked out too, but... This is what I like to do to close our time. We okay? Um, okay. I'd like to open up some ministry time. Um, I'll hand it over to you guys in a moment, but you guys probably have a prayer team and all that. All right. I'd like to pray for a couple things that I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Um, Jared, you had that word about strongholds. When I, we drove up, Eric and I drove up to Capitol here, I instantly felt something that was going to happen tonight was the breaking of strongholds. And I want to pray specifically for something like this. I believe for some of you, there's been a constant battle with something over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And that's not what you were designed for. You were designed for victory. We have been made victors in Jesus Christ. We are the ambassadors of a kingdom that is always victorious. And I believe God's going to literally, for some of you, you are never going to battle with it ever again. And I'll tell you one quick story. I was at a conference and I had a word, and I rarely get a word like this that's so ba-da-ba. I said, there's two people here 
struggled with drugs your entire life, adult life. Two people stand up. And I said, we're going to pray, and you're never going to struggle with it ever again. I just felt the Lord on it. So I prayed for this one girl. I think she still goes to Bayside out in Rockland. She wrote a book um, about this encounter. We pray, and she was instantly delivered from drugs. She never had a, a, a desire for drugs ever again in her life. So she writes this whole book about the encounter where in one moment, God changed everything. And I believe for some of you tonight, God is reminding me of, of this story that in one moment tonight, your life is never going to be the same. One encounter can change everything. One encounter can change everything. And I believe the Lord wants to bring deliverance. I believe some of you have been tormented in your mind. You've been demonically tormented in your mind. Jesus and I hate demons. They are weak and they are defeated. And I believe God's going to bring victory into your life tonight. And the other thing is, if you need healing in your body, something we haven't talked about yet, I'd love to pray for you for that and anything else. So I'm just going to pray, hand it over to Eric, and then uh, if you guys want to respond, I'll let you do direction on that, how you want them to do that. So thank you, Jesus, for what you've been doing so far, healing bodies. That's amazing, Jesus. You're so good to us. You're so loving. And I just declare more bodies made whole, minds made whole. I declare deliverance in this place right now. I come against any foul spirit that is tormenting children of God right now. And I command you to cease, to surface, and to get out. I declare the truth will reign in this place. Every lie will be exposed. Every lie be exposed right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you that it's for freedom you have set us free, Jesus. The spirit of freedom is alive within you. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want, whatever it looks like. We just say yes in Jesus' name. I feel like we need to make a, a public response to this. Um, a little over a year ago in November, one night, it's the first time we ever did it, Eric surprised me and called me up to, pr to pray deliverance. And it was a powerful night for us, never to be forgotten. And it was a night that took us to a completely different level. So I just want to ask you if what Brian said, because I'm going to ask Brian to come back up and I'm going to ask Jared to come over as well. Um, if, if what he spoke, if there's a stronghold in your life that you have not been able to break or that you've continued to struggle with. And as he said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about my own life, so I'll be up here. If you're a leader, guys, we're never gonna be more free in our ministry than our leadership is free. So if there's anything in your life that you've struggled with mentally, physically, it doesn't matter. It all is, has a spiritual base. I'm gonna ask you to respond and come up to the front right now. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is because time and time again, Jesus offended the mind and asked people to humble themselves before others. So if that's you tonight, come up to the front. 
I'm going to ask Brian and Jared to come back and pray over us. If, if you can come on up this way, come on up, because I want everybody to be up at the front who needs to be here. Tonight, if you need to be here, do not sit back there. If you struggled with self-esteem, whatever the enemy stronghold he has, keep coming and moving off to the sides, because we want everybody to be at the front who needs prayer tonight. So guys, y'all move this way, so that the, I want everybody to be able to come up to the front. coming so can you guys slide a little bit around there now realize this is why Jared's word was so powerful it's not always something we understand in our mind it's in the spirit so I'm I'm not gonna ask him to pray over all of us individually I'm going to ask them to come and pray corporately, whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to them over us. And I want to encourage you to stand here like a son and a daughter. God loves you. That's why he wrote those things on the back of your eyelids so that you can be free. So you have a microphone, Brian. Jared, here's your microphone. So I just break the power of any um, hopelessness, any spirit of depression that's been hiding in the closet, we just expose it in Jesus' name. Any lie that you're not good enough, We just expose any torment in the night and we just break the power of that in Jesus' name. Any lie that the enemy's been bringing up that you're not pure, we just cancel that assignment. washed away. And we just expose any lie that what's in front of you is too big for you. any power of the spirit of shame and we just expose any lie that there's destruction waiting ahead 
we just expose any lie that we've got to work to do this? It looks pretty, but it's just a lie just the same. the power of any lie that you're dumb. Any lie that was spoken over you that you're stupid, we break that in Jesus' name. We just release the truth that you're creative and that you're smart. We just expose the, the uh, spirit of perversion that's been making people people feel like they're um, they got something going on, and we just expose that for the the lie that it is that that's not you, that you're a son, you're a daughter, and you have right intentions. Your motives are pure. Your ways are straight. We break the power of the spirit of poverty, that there's going to be a continuation of lack. And we just say that stops tonight. And we just release heaven's provision. release the truth that nobody's left behind that he loves everybody the same he runs after you like he runs after anybody else I just release the truth that you're a good steward in every part of your life that you walk in wisdom and boldness and courage. And I release heaven's peace over everybody's mind. And I just see this courage that's rising up right now. So God, we just thank you for what you're doing.